not used to not having anything in front of me, like a table or whatever. So I, I'd like to apologize for my awkward bodily movements ahead of time. Uh, All right. In my experience, at least as a parent, uh, it's really hard to tell the difference between the actually important principles and the ones that we foolishly cling to in the face of evidence and experience. Um, this is especially true of the things you tell yourself before you have children. Um, I'm not going to be that kind of parent. My children are never going to do this or that, all sorts of things. If you're a parent, you probably know what I'm talking about. And I find myself asking the question, are these values to uphold in the face of adversity or brash declarations of an idiot who has no idea what it means to actually be a parent? And there's no way to know. Um, so we end up running in circles asking, am I compromising my values or am I learning from experience over and over and over again with no resolution except to try and fail and then try again? Allow me to illustrate. Uh, my spouse and I were public school kids from kindergarten through college, and we believe in public education. Uh, we grew up in Michigan in the 90s, where opponents of public education massively cut funding, established punitive regimes of standardized testing, and hollowed out the system through voucher programs and charter schools. So we always said that we were going to send our kids to neighborhood schools because those were our values. And then we had children. And my son, the oldest of two, is a, let's say, spirited child. Uh, and he had a rough time in kindergarten and first grade in our neighborhood public school. He'd get in trouble for acting out. And school policy at this particular school was that if you get in trouble, you lose recess. And the thinking went, kids love recess. And so if they lose out on recess for misbehavior, they'll be incentivized not to misbehave. Great idea, in theory. Uh, because here's what happened. He would act out, he'd lose recess. And then because he had all this pent-up energy, he'd act out, and then he'd lose more recess. And everything went round and round in circles. We tried to suggest alternative punishments, alternative modes of discipline, uh, but the school was really set in its policy. And his behavior never seemed to change. The circle remained unbroken, as they say. Um, his teachers were frustrated. He was miserable. Um, constantly getting in trouble made him feel like he was a bad kid. And he's not a bad kid. I don't really believe there's such a thing as bad kids. Um, but being stuck in this cycle wasn't working for anybody. At the same time, our daughter was in preschool, and one of the other moms uh, was this wonderful woman who happened to run a small network of charter schools. Let's call her Deborah. That is not her real name. And Deborah's ideas about education seemed totally in line with our own principles. She said her mission was to cater to kids who struggled in other environments because there's no such thing as a bad kid. Um, she wasn't trying to undermine public education, but supplement it and provide space for kids who didn't fit in elsewhere, kids like my son. Um, we were skeptical, but Deborah was nothing like those charter school promoting villains that I remembered from my adolescence. And maybe I was being... Uh, pointlessly stubborn. Maybe my half-baked ideas were getting in the way of doing right by my kids. It wouldn't be the first time. So amidst all of this, one night, my spouse and I are headed to a restaurant to have dinner uh, with friends, and we got talking about maybe considering Deborah's school. And then as we walked into the restaurant, who did we see walking out of this restaurant but Deborah? 
we were like, hey, we, we were just talking about you. And I'm, I'm not a big believer in signs or whatever, but it really felt like a sign or whatever. And, and so we started thinking about it. And ultimately, what really sold us was their ideas about discipline. They didn't believe in punitive justice, like kids looting, losing recess. They believed in restorative justice, and which emphasized conflict resolution and reconciliation through discussion and reflection rather than punishment. No such thing as a bad kid. Our son loved the sound of that. And so we swallowed our pride, and we made the big move to enroll him for second grade at the charter school. So, did it turn out that... Uh, this was the kind of supportive environment our spirited kid really needed to flourish? Did it force us to reconsider our antipathy toward charter schools? No, it did not. Um, I won't go into the details other than to say it was an unmitigated disaster. Um, it wasn't that anybody lied to us, uh, but nothing worked the way that we hoped. Deborah is not a villain in this story. She's a wonderful person with the best of intentions. My sense is that everybody involved was in way over their heads. By the end of the year, the school lost its charter and was shut down by the Board of Education. But the funny thing is, they really did follow through on that restorative justice thing. Um, every time our kid get, got in trouble, which was kind of a lot, um, instead of punitive consequence, an adult would sit down with him to reflect and discuss what had happened, to make amends, to commit to doing better in the future. This was much better. This was a much better idea than taking away recess, in theory. Because the problem was that nobody expected my little scoundrel to short circuit the whole process by adopting the pose of a suspect on law and order and refusing to talk. Somehow, my beloved progeny got it into his weird little eight-year-old head that when confronted with claims of misbehavior, the best course of action would be to deny everything. He might as well have been taking the fifth, asking to see his lawyer. Say what you will about my kid, but he is not a snitch. So he spent hours in the principal's office, refusing to cop to his offenses, totally thwarting the process of restorative justice. And his parents spent hours trying to talk through the problem with his teacher, his counselors, the principal, to no avail. Once again, we're going around in circles. For me, the apotheosis of all of this came when I got a call from the principal one day telling me she had been observing his class during gym and saw my son make what she described as a rude and disrespectful gesture toward another student and immediately pulled him out of class and called me. Well, obviously, I was distressed. I told her, I'm, I have no experience of my son making obscene gestures. And then she explained, well, the, the gesture wasn't exactly obscene. Um, it was the old L on the forehead for loser. Listen, not kind, not great, definitely but also, maybe, just maybe, not an offense worthy of pulling him out of class and immediately calling his parent during the middle of a work day? <laughs> maybe? Uh, for context, um, a few weeks earlier in this same gym class, another student got suspended for attempting to strangle my child during a game of kickball. So there were maybe bigger problems? But I didn't say any of this. I didn't say a word of that. Instead, I drove to his school, prepared myself to back her up on the importance of kindness and good sportsmanship, seeing, as I expected my son to be arguing, not entirely unreasonably, that his gesture wasn't a big deal. 
And yet, when I got to the school, I realized I had underestimated him. He wasn't arguing that it was no big deal to make an L on his forehead. His story was that he wasn't making an L on his forehead at all. He was merely adjusting his hair with his thumb and forefinger like a normal person. (laughs) At this point, I realized I didn't want restorative justice. (laughs) All I wanted was to travel back in time to the 1950s so I could enroll my irrepressible little scamp in the same horrible Catholic schools that my parents attended, where where instead of talking through problems and making amends, some mean old nun would smack him with a ruler and move on with her day. (laughs) But alas, time marches on, and my life runs in circles. Toward the end of the year, uh, we learned that the charter school was being shut down by the Board of Education. Most of the other parents were looking for another charter or a private school, but we had recently moved to a new neighborhood, and the folks on our block seemed to like the neighborhood school, so we decided to give public schooling another shot. Now, I would love to say that this was a recommitment to our deeply held principles about public schooling, but that would be a lie. We were exhausted, and it was the path of least resistance. The school was free, and it was right down the street. So when our son started third grade, we were nervous. His new teacher, Mrs. Bledsoe, that's her real name, was nearing retirement age. And we were worried that she wouldn't have the patience to deal with our highly energetic rapscallion. Experience taught us that we'd keep running in circles. We prepared for the calls home, we prepared for the visits to the principal's office, and nothing happened. We didn't hear about anything. Our son was happy and had great things to say about his teacher. This was a radical change from anything we'd ever experienced. A few weeks into the school year, I was volunteering in the classroom, uh, and first thing in the morning as the kids were getting settled, Mrs. Bledsoe called for their attention and said, okay class, who needs to go on a run? McCarty, I know you do, lead the way. And with that, my son jumped out of his seat and led a group of about half a dozen third graders running laps in the playground for about 10 minutes. After he came back, he was exhausted and ready to learn. Mrs. Bledsoe told me that she usually did the same thing right after lunch. No grand theories about incentive structures, no grand theories about restorative or punitive justice, just making kids tire themselves out by running in circles before trying to teach them about fractions. And that whole year, he did not spend one minute in the principal's office. Turns out I was half right. Um, He did keep running in circles, just not the ones I expected him to. I don't know what all of this says about my principals or my decision-making or the value of public schooling, because I'm not the hero of this story. Mrs. Bledsoe is the hero of this story. She taught me that a great teacher can find a way to make running around in circles a way to move forward. (laughs) 